Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. As we get into this episode, just a quick reminder, we are in this series about the Bible. And so we're kind of walking through a slow take on what the Bible is, what the Bible communicates, how it communicates that. And the last time we were together, we were talking about the Bible as a storyline, a story arc, um, a huge, gigantic narrative that has this flow to it from Genesis to Revelation. It's got consistent pieces to it. And the most consistent piece in that narrative arc is God. Really, the Bible is the story of God, who God is, how he relates to what he's created, especially in humanity, and what he intends. And and the story is is primarily about, about God. Um, our tendency is to make the story about us, and that's not necessarily true to what we're talking about. And so the Bible reveals to us the God we see in this story. It unpacks in certain ways what this God is, how he acts, who he is, uh, what he's about, etc. And one of the primary drivers of that story, if not, I think, maybe the primary driver of that story, is this idea of covenant. So today, we're going to talk about the Bible as covenant story in the podcast. If we're thinking about God and who God is, we should probably take a stop at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4, 7 through 21 is pretty clear. God is love. And his love is sacrificial. But that there's this expectation. As he is, so also are we in this world. It's 1 John 4, 17. It's an interesting correlation that the God we know and see in the Bible, he intends for us to be, be like, um, as his creation. And that brings us back to Genesis 1 and 2, because Genesis 1 and 2 are really clear about the idea that God intended to partner with humanity in God's rulership of the universe. We're made in his image and likeness. Adam works with God to name the animals and Eve, ultimately. And humanity is charged with ruling, caretaking, the good creation that God has accomplished in the first two chapters of Genesis. But the divine rationale for this human partnership is found embedded in the idea that God is love. This is something critically important uh, that uh, St. Anselm of Canterbury picks up in, in really poignant ways when we look at his work. God is love. For Anselm, that means that God is the love by which he loves. He's the essentially defining characteristic of love itself. And so we can't properly talk about what love is without talking about who God is. This is the way Anselm thinks about it. You can't properly talk about justice without talking about God as just. And so we're back in the same place. We have to talk about who God is in order to talk about the characteristics that he possesses and the actions that he takes. Our human partnership is thoroughly grounded in the idea that God is love. 
love, especially in 1 John 4, this agape is a love that always seeks, prioritizes, and does what is best for another. God's creative activity in Genesis 1 and 2 is about God making an other. Things and beings that are other than God. And the God who partners with this particular other, humanity, because it's created in his image and likeness. And so Genesis 1 and 2 give us a picture of God making an other that God makes intending to partner with that other made in his image and likeness. The creation of God grows out of a reality that God is love and that that God as love has sought out an other to love and love him in return. Basically, God, in some sense, has sought out relationship and created us to have relationship with him as one like him. Which is why the choice of Genesis chapter 3 is, at least in some sense, a necessary choice. It sounds weird and counterintuitive, but if it's going to be love, love always has to choose what is best for other. If there's never choice, then we never choose best. It's always just a default. And then the human-God relationship works a lot like the relationship I have with my vacuum cleaner. There are things that get done, it's relatively effective, but it's not genuinely a relationship. But God isn't that kind of God. He's seeking out relationship, and he's created us to have relationship with him as one like him, mirroring him back to himself and out to the created order. God's story in the Bible is seeking out this human divine relationship. Humanity's story in the Bible is the story of a relationship with God, with one another, and with the creation that God has brought to be in Genesis 1 and 2. The problem is that 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 relationship, those relationships have gone seriously wrong for humanity. But from the outset, those relationships have always had rules that guided them, that bounded them, that informed their inherent righteousness and goodness, Genesis 1 and 2. But God has engaged humanity on terms of relationship, and he's bounded those relationships with rules. This is what it looks like to live in relationship with God, with one another, and with my creation. And he's consistently engaged humanity on those terms. What's interesting to me is that that basic understanding is that God's engaged humanity on terms of covenant from the beginning. And he will always engage us on that basis. Here I think we find ourselves in sort of unfamiliar waters because we don't always talk about covenant when we speak about being a Christian or following Christ Jesus. We talk about discipleship, this process of growing and maturing to look like Jesus as we follow him. However, discipleship is something that takes place within the structures of covenant relationship with God and through covenant relationships with people and the church that Jesus Christ commissioned. A relationship with rules is a covenant. I think it's, that might be the most basic working definition of covenant. A relationship with rules. But we all live in at least one covenant somewhere in the scope 
of our lives. And I would really press it that every single relationship in which we live has rules that bound it, that govern it, that shape it. Spoken or unspoken, realistic or not, there, there are expected rules and boundaries to every relationship that we have. If we follow Christ Jesus, we live in the new covenant that he's made in his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Most pointedly in the sacrifice of the new covenant made on Calvary. If you're married, you live in covenant with your spouse. As a teacher, I live in covenant with my students. And with my peers. And with the families who send their students here. Sometimes it's unspoken, sometimes it's direct and clear. But relationships need rules that govern them. Covenant is essential, especially since we're prone to break rules in relationships and hurt those relationships in the process. What's interesting to me, though, is that the basic plot driver of the whole biblical storyline, especially when we consider that it's about God, the whole plot driver is covenant. God establishes covenant relationships with Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, who's also called Israel, Moses, and the nation of Israel, David. He calls covenant to the memory of the people through the prophets and the wisdom literature of the First Testament. He keeps his covenant faithfully through the exile and Ezra, Nehemiah, and very poignantly in Esther. Finally, he brings his covenant to fullness in and through the incarnation, ministry, sinless life, crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, establishing what we know as the new covenant. But all along the way, God's been keeping covenant, structuring relationships with people in terms of covenant. Throughout the scripture, the key of the music is covenant. The backdrop to the storyline is covenant. The stage is set with covenant and humanity is called again and again to enter covenant and be faithful with their God who is faithful. God has intended, still intends, and will always intend covenant relationships with his human partners. God has been faithful. God is faithful. God will be faithful. An idea in the First Testament that's called Hesed. Hesed is God's loyal, faithful, covenant-keeping love and steadfastness toward his human partners and relationships with those human partners. All of the characteristics of God described in the Bible I think have a grounding, a, a rootedness in the ideas of hesed and agape. Hesed being steadfast love and faithfulness in the First Testament, and agape being this unconditional self-sacrificing and others serving love in the New Testament. I think those two things are at the heart of the matter throughout the biblical storyline. Faithfulness to the covenant relationships has never been a matter in which God has failed. It has always been something God insisted, insists, and will continue to insist upon because he is a covenant-keeping God who is the essence of love. 
These covenants are points of movement in the story of the Bible. As God consistently seeks to partner with humanity, it's interesting that the consistent one in all of this is God. The faithfulness to the promises rests with God. Diligence to seek out and pursue that human partnership is God's. God is the consistent one. He's always reaching out to humanity through covenant in every phase of the biblical story arc. God has reached out to partner with us, to walk with us, to dwell with us. And it looks a certain way with Abraham, and it takes on a new nuance with Moses and the tabernacle in the wilderness, and it takes on an even more powerful one with the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church and those who belong in Jesus Christ. He has been faithful, especially when we have not been. He has been good to us, slow to anger, and abounding in hesed toward us. What's probably one of the most powerful things, elements, pieces of the story in the Bible about God is that the more humanity has pushed away or gotten it wrong with God, the more God has insisted on partnering with us through covenant. And God took it so seriously, this covenant partnership with humanity, that he became one of us in order to establish covenant partnership with us in and through himself. The story of covenant is the story of the Bible. And the question we face as we encounter the covenant-keeping God of the Bible is how will we walk in covenant with God and one another today. Until next time. Mm -hmm.